Comedy is one of the hardest genres to convey in the tabletop role-playing game space, but some folks just seem to have a knack for it. This week on Schedule for Launch, join me, Zach Walsh, as I talk with Chris Lowry about his various works and the publishing house that he works with. From Tyrannosaurus Dungeons to Assassinating Santa Claus, there are so many wild adventures in store. We talk comedy, publishing, and actual plays. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, I am incredibly excited to be joined by the wonderful Chris Lowry, or is it pronounced Lowry? I I want to make sure I get that right. Lowry. Okay. Um, Ah, I should have went with my gut. Chris, thank you so much for joining me this week on the podcast. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. There is a lot of stuff that you work on, and you've done a lot of really cool stuff. The very first thing that I saw from you was Tyrannosaur Inside, and I loved that so much. It's It had like this comedy feel to it. I haven't picked it up and read it yet, but it's definitely on my list of things to do. So I'm, I'm very excited to learn about a couple of the other projects that you're working on and some of the really cool things that you're doing. Well, yes, yeah, so, I'd love to have a chat about Tyrannosaur Inside. Basically... I'm a bit of a one-trick pony, so the style of play I enjoy is is the kind of the whole kind of drive it like you stole it sort of vibe of just just stupid idiocy. Um, and I I really like Morkborg as well. I don't know if you've played that. I haven't. Um, um, but it's it kind of it's sort of a it's sort of a take on um, the kind of old school revival kind of thing of quite simple. But but it then just goes incredibly dark and completely tongue in cheek. Uh, so so it's a very very simple game, and you just you just die. Like as in as in, uh, you can create a character that has a hit has one hit point, um, and there's a there's a character creator called Scumbertha, uh, and if you don't like the character it creates, you just it's just got a button that just says kill this one, and it just or that's the button to renew and just generate a new character. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrannosaur Inside is a ridiculous adventure where a uh, a T Rex lands in your village or your town or like you could just set it in anything really. It's very much designed to just but and then the T Rex is like the size of a city or multiple stories high or whatever. And then you go mm-hmm. in through the toenail uh, and everything inside oh. is more T Rexes. <laughs> oh my gosh! So audience, that's uh, that's a little sneak peek at some of the stuff you're going to be hearing about here. But Chris, before we really dive into some of your current projects there, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, I don't know what to say about me, really. I am, I mean, it seems a bit stupid to be like on a podcast to talk about myself and then be like, oh, I don't know how to talk about myself. Um, <laughs> I am Chris. Uh, I also go by C.M. Lowry. And the main reason for that is there is a science fiction author called Chris Lowry currently writing in America doing very similar things to me in the science fiction space. So I thought uh, okay. probably having a different <laughs> name would be a good idea. So I've a bit like J.R. Tolkien or you know C.S. Lewis or whoever. Uh, mm-hmm. I went with C.M. Lowry. I am a doctor. Uh, I am... What else am I? I'm just a bit of an idiot. I'm quite into punk rock. <laughs> uh, and I'm an author. So I started off by writing a novel uh, and then thought... Before, like, you know, send a novel to someone... 
I maybe need to like be a bit more established. So I'll write something mm-hmm. else. So I started uh, last year and I wrote The Die Decides, uh, which okay. is sort of RPG adjacent. So it's a book of micro fiction, like flash fiction. So stories of 100 to 1,000 words uh, that were decided oh. by rolling a dice. Uh, so I'd roll a dice, it'd be like five. So that's 500 words. Uh, and then I had like themes and styles. So maybe like, I don't know, dinosaur and cookery or I don't know, pigeons and horror or something like that. Whatever the <laughs> themes and the categories were. And so then I had to write a 500 word story on pigeons and horror, which I imagine, let's write that now. I imagine what would happen is you'd be walking along a road and you'd be like, it's, it's, that pigeon's not, that pigeon's not following me, is it? Like it's not. And, and then you'd, you'd like walk around the corner, uh, you know, so I walked around the corner in a hurry and there was another pigeon. In fact, pretty sure it's the same is it i looked back around the corner that pigeon had gone and this pigeon was you know and basically i wrote a lot of stories like that that were just that were (laughs) little but they they were very different in style so i i I actually had genre and i sorry i'm not talking about me at all i've immediately started talking about a project but no that's okay they were so i and so my backers on kickstarter chose the, the 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 like the category so like science mm-hmm. fiction or historical or uh, for some reason those are the only two genres i can think of in the world now romance time travel who knows and then the the uh, that was like the genre and then the theme was like revenge or badgers or mm-hmm. biscuits or something like that um and so so it did just end up with loads of and like there was some i think i ended up when we did the the live role to generate stories i think i think cookery and betrayal came up like three times in in 35 <laughs> stories which is quite a lot of times and there's only I yeah. mean, obviously it's just it's poisoning isn't it like that's there's not much more you can do with that but i found the challenge of writing like 100 word stories really fun thousand words i i think the the hard area was about 500 words um 100 mm-hmm. words you're just giving a snapshot you know you're just yeah putting a bit of flavour and and an event. And that's kind of it. Um, and a thousand words, you can do a beginning, a middle and an end. But 400 <laughs> words, it's too long for it just to be a like a, a you know, a, a piece that just kind of, you know, I looked at the wall and the wall was all dappled. You know, like you can't just have adjectives for 400 yeah. words. Anyway, so I did that. And then... I really like role play games. So I think the next thing I did was the t- was t- Tyrannosaur Inside. Um which went fairly well on Kickstarter. Um, yeah. And then, because I decided to illustrate it myself as well, I could, oh, I could show you one. Obviously, your viewers can't see. Here it is here. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I, 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 il- I illustrated the whole thing, um, which was my first time doing illustration. So, um, and, and Morkborg has got a very, like, like a very, like, there's a into the toenail of the beast. Um, yeah. It's got a very, uh, a very horrible style. Is is, is how you'd probably describe Morkborg. Um, <laughs> so like, so yeah. So that was interesting working out how to make something that really grotty and horrible. And so, it, and then <clears throat> I got a new job um, working in accident emergency, like the emergency department. What do you call it in Canada? Uh, the emergency department. Yeah. Yeah. So I got ER. a new job there, which turned out to be. Who would have thought that working in an emergency department was harder than you'd expect? Uh, and then I went on holiday <laughs> and stuff like that. And so I basically just completely failed to hit all of the targets I'd aimed for myself for a good like two or three months. Uh, and so I finally got it finished in October. 
at the same time as launching, pretty much at the same time as launching another Kickstarter. And the way that printing and posting worked out, they ended up both arriving at the same time, which was that's incredible, spectacularly <laughs> disorganized of me. But uh, that's life sometimes. It's so interesting too. You have this like really heavy flair for comedy theming in your role playing games. Obviously, those short fictions, the micro fictions there probably a lot of them had a bit of a comedic twist to them. And that just seems like a style you really like. And you don't see a lot of, you do see a lot of comedic writing, but you don't see a whole lot that's like really thought out or fun. And I really like it. Just it's, it's something that brings a lot of flavor to what you're putting out there. And as I discovered today, another one of your Kickstarters, that's actually going till Christmas, which is operation Santa. What's this game? How did it come to be? Well, so uh, I'll tell you how this one came to be, and it's comedy on its own. Um, <laughs> on the 11th of December last year, mm-hmm. I decided to do a Kickstarter. Uh, and the aim was that I would write and complete a game within that week, get it printed and get it posted out by Christmas Day, which was obviously way optimistic way optimistic but then i wrote a kickstarter page for it that basically said look this isn't going to happen and you're just going to be miserable and cry all day on christmas like and i like loads of things like that the whole way through and just you know like <laughs> and then then your christmas will be ruined and you might as well just throw the turkey in the bin or whatever and basically kickstarter <laughs> were like well, like you absolutely 100% categorically are not going to be allowed to release this game. Like when your like delivery time frame is like December the 25th. Ha ha. Only joking. Not really. Maybe December the 25th, 2050. Um, like as in. And so uh, by that point, I just realized that it wasn't going to happen because uh, it took them like three <laughs> days to say, please stop being non-serious with your like, you know, because I think when you're writing your Kickstarter campaign, it says like, what are the risks of this? Like, it has like, what are the risks and challenges? And I think like one of the things <laughs> I put in risks and challenges was like, you know, a meteor might hit the earth and we'll all die and Christmas will be cancelled, at which point you probably won't want a Christmas RPG. Um, and like, they didn't feel I was approaching it with the level of sincerity and, <laughs> and you know, seriousness that one obviously needs for a stupid Christmas RPG. Uh, so I didn't do it last year, but this year I thought, yeah, I'll do it. And I made it all a little bit more serious. Uh, not more serious. Mm-hmm. The page, the page, I don't outright promise to disappoint people. One of the, I got rid of one of the pledges as well. One of the pledge levels was, so I now have a pledge level for £50 of I hate everything about Christmas, where you get a copy of everything I've printed this year. Uh, but I did have another pledge was the, was it like, was like, please don't get this pledge. Uh, and it was a hundred pounds, and you got a copy of the game and a copy of a really cheap bad Santa suit, uh, and and then like my description of it was like, please don't buy this. You don't want this Santa suit. I'm gonna. I promise you, I'll buy a bad one that's really cheap. You don't need this. Please don't buy it. And that was like my thought. Anyway, so I got rid of that one because I thought. I need to look a little bit more like a businessman or something. So Operation Santa. <laughs> It's spelled S dot A dot N dot T dot A, like which is an acronym. I think that's an mm-hmm. acronym, not an abbreviation. Yep. So it's like Operation Santa, all in capital letters. But and then that stands for the strategic annihilation of a nefarious tentacled alien. Uh, and it's the whole thing is really a thought experiment of like what would like what would happen if what would the worst possible replacement for Father Christmas be? 
Um, okay. And the answer I decided was some kind of horrible, malicious alien, utterly defiling any hint <laughs> of positivity within the traditional Yuletide stories. Um, and I wrote an intro. Where is it? Can I read the intro out? Of course. Oh, yeah, go for it. Uh, Welcome to the North Pole. Cast away your pathetic, childish fantasies. This is no winter wonderland. There are no toys here, no candy, no songs about tinsel and joy. This is a harsh, bleak wasteland of chemical spills, brutal indentured servitude and utterly absent hope. This is a land where the bells don't jingle, they toll. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a bit horrible. There's quite a significant, like, content warning because, like, there's loads yep. of just horrible stuff in it and, like, non-consensual surgery. So, like, so broadly, like, the, the elves are actually some, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's a tough one. Uh, and I've actually got a, de- a, a, green, a Greenlandic um, sensitivity reader for, for the project just because I don't want to tread on any toes in terms of... Because, like, Greenland's history is actually pretty horrible. Like, basically... Denmark sort of still owns Greenland and Denmark is not the nearest country to Greenland. Um, And so Denmark just sort of claimed it. And then, and then they, I think they did loads of really horrible like camps where they re-educated people and sent people like, and then loads of people died from smallpox and the whole island's named after colonial settlers. And it's just a mess. I've mostly avoided that by just setting the whole thing in an inhabited, uninhabited corner of the country and then just made it absolutely nonsense with no kind of link to the actual culture of the place. But the some Danish soldiers from 1700 from like 1700 were sort of kidnapped by the alien and then injected with loads of nuclear waste or something. And so they've got tentacles and things. And then and then for some reason, there's just a they just get bits chopped off them and new bits glued on and stuff like that and then there's there's anarchistic penguins as well um so oh, okay so the so the 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 sensitivity reader uh malik hansen uh one of the first things they pointed out to me he said um you do know there are no penguins in greenland right uh um, and i think the first line of the section about penguins says uh i'm trying to think where it is now um it says something along the lines of aha penguins are only found at the south pole nope at some point the alien transported them there or something uh so you know i really that could have been a loose end thematically but i very clearly tied that up so beautifully that no one could have any problems um but yeah the penguins like they use tools and they put up subversive posters and they destroy patriarchy um is is apparently their their storyline so um mm-hmm. it's a stupid game you shouldn't buy it <laughs> audience get this game it's got it it's less than 100 quid to to get this thing up and going well i think it's just over 100 quid yeah it's, a- it's 162 canadian Oh yeah, it's a uh, yeah. We're 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 nearly funded. I'm I'm fairly confident we'll raise the other nine pounds in the remaining twenty eight <laughs> days. Um, but it depends if anyone actually reads it. Like, uh, yeah, they might uh, be disappointed. I'm trying to think. Have I got any cool tables? Okay, so let me give you a little taste of this. So we're going to work out why you're playing this game. Okay, um, you need a d six. Do you have a d six? Or can you, in your head, think up a number between one and six? I know that's hard, but. I have a D6. Do it. Okay. So you work for? Three. Uh, you work for the UN Environmental Agency or Greenpeace. You can choose. Okay. Um, and then roll again. One. You are a postal worker. 
uh, which oh. is very thematic with the whole Santa vibe. Okay, um, one to six. Four. You came for medical tourism. Okay. Uh, okay. So that's an in- that's an interesting <laughs> one. And then, um, why don't you want to be here? Three. Uh, laziness. So you'd rather just ah. be at home. But so we now need a reason. So it's quite bare bones. And the idea is that a lot of you chat together mm-hmm. and you throw out any ideas that don't really work. And, and you know, so like like medical tourism is that thing where where like it's too expensive to have surgery done in the country you're in. So you go there or 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 whatever. Yeah. So we it, you can leave it in if you want or you can change it. But, you know, I think I think laziness is is you've got some kind of severe like deteriorating gangrene or something and you need a new hand and you've heard that you've heard that Santa's got some kind of limb removing device or or you you couldn't be bothered to google it you're a very lazy person you know so yeah. so you just thought someone said Easier you know to we're going to go and take out Santa do you want to do that and you're like I mean as long as I don't have to do much fine that's the level of dedication I'm looking for from my players like as in that that level of nonsense basically <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's the game. Have I won you over? I think it might replace Bobby, Dungeons yes. and Dragons. <laughs> Speaking of D and know that this is setting agnostic, but I think you, it says that it, it uses the Morkborg stats, right, to make sure that it runs. Yeah, so like the 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 various types of penguins have got some basic stats. I'm sure that. If you're wanting to play it in D&D, you can jump in the monster manual and find some... The, the general setting itself will just work and you'll just have to use, you know, like... You know, if you get... If you find yourself falling in a pool of nuclear waste, I don't know whether or not D&D has nuclear waste stats, but I'm sure you can work out, you know, you lose a hit point every day or you grow a new leg or something like that. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> um I basically allowed the GM to worry about that quite heavily rather than me having to worry about it. But uh, the, the idea is there's a framework there. And then if someone yep. wanted to prep, they could do. Um, Tyrannosaur Inside came with full D&D, full Morkborg stats. Um, and then okay. there's two versions. So there's that. And then there's a version that's got full uh, D&D stats. I think it's a a mark of significant criticism of D&D that the the D&D version had to be eight pages longer. Uh, it's only about 22 pages, I think, and it had to be eight pages longer to fit all of the D&D stats in. But uh, that... Is that because the T-Rex stats are actually kind of nuts in D&D? <laughs> yeah. I, well, the other thing I did, which you can't... So if you use anything from the open game license, you have to include the whole license. You've probably seen that in the back of... Um, yeah, I've seen that a bunch of times. That supplements. So I, I was quite annoyed by that because it's not very pretty and I'd worked very hard to make the whole thing very pretty. So I managed to make it incredibly small font and then I don't know if you can see there, I then laid it oh out in gosh. the shape of T-Rexes. <laughs> um, so there's just a big silhouette of T-Rexes and like, if you wanted to, you could read the license, but... It's very much. I think a lot of people won't even realize the license is printed in there. So I enjoyed that. I I, I felt so very funny. satisfied. I was like, this actually looks good now, <laughs> and I fulfilled the requirements of the OGL. Whereas Morkborg has a very permissive license. So this here is a zombie from the game. Uh, it's a poop zombie. Okay. Um, so uh, that's got the entire Morkborg license printed on it as well, and stats, and is a badge that you can wear. And it's probably the world's first Morkborg monster. On a badge for some reason, <laughs> because of course we need these things. Um, I have learned a lot about your personality so far doing this. I've never seen good, anybody. 
it's hilarious. I've never seen, never heard of anybody antagonizing Kickstarter for Christmas. I didn't, well, yeah, you're right. That was a bad <laughs> idea, wasn't it? Like, I mean, and then, and then I've been saying how, so you, like, I was hoping I'd make about a hundred quid a day on the uh, campaign. And so far it, it's, it's bounced up to a hundred quid and then just done literally nothing for two days. So, uh, yeah. Oh, well, uh, I, Kickstarter, if you're listening to this, I respect you. I, I love you. <laughs> Um, I will never talk flippantly about the likelihood of getting hit by a meteor during uh, fulfillment of a campaign ever again. Uh, so, yeah. Good. That should have fixed that now. Let's see the numbers yep. tick up. <laughs> There's actually another project that is pretty much also funded, or it's already funded uh, from like yesterday evening when I looked at it. Lucky for None, can you tell us a little bit about that game and how exactly I can indeed. Works. I love the concept of Lucky for None. So Lucky for None, I mean, I think unfortunately I'm painting myself into somewhat of a corner here when I tell you that it's a very stupid game, um, <laughs> and uh, but also one that's that's a sort of comedy horror game. Um, so yeah. it really started with I bought a D13 dice, so a 13 sided dice, and because it's not yeah. got an even number of sides, they roll weird. I hadn't expected them it to roll like and it'll it'll like spider across the table and just when you think it stopped it'll turn and then it'll do like another like couple of inches and then stop um, and so i found that weird and sort of spooky and then just sort of fun basically and so i wrote a game mm-hmm. um i actually did a retreat to the mountains with some friends uh through okay. beyond beyond cataclysm which we'll talk about in a bit uh but we mm-hmm. went up to the mountains and while I was waiting at a train station, I I, I wrote some D13 tables. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, the basically the aim of the game is you're visiting the town of Grimforth, Grimhaven, sorry. Um, and whatever you do, everything's going to get horribly worse. Everyone's going to die. You're going to die. The world might blow up. That's sort of, you know, that standard kind of comfortable saying. Um, and mm-hmm. what happens is... is if you want to do anything, there's an action table, um, and it's it's a one to thirteen. Okay. So I think it's it's something like one and a two. It, whatever you try and do goes horrifically badly, um, mm-hmm. and we come back from that edit. You very professionally made it look like I didn't stop and hunt around my office for ages and give up. Let me tell you a bit more about Lucky <laughs> for None. So we're actually going to play this. So you're going to roll a d thirteen, which you don't have. So just I, I don't know if you got I should any d twenty and then. There you go. You have got a computer. So roll a d13, and we're going to find out what your character is. Okay. Uh, one. One. You are a laborer. Okay, so you're like a builder. Okay. You're good at building. That's yeah. your skill. Okay, village problem. Let's have a d13 twice again. Seven and three. Uh, so we've got metal work and blood. Okay. Oh, so people's okay. people's blood is turned... You know, so this is... As a group, you then discuss, or if you're journaling it, you just kind of make it up on your own. But let's mm-hmm. say that everyone's everyone's blood is turning to like molten iron, uh, and then they're catching fire because uh, obviously they're full of molten iron, which sounds bad. Um, so yeah. you've been you've had a WhatsApp and you've been summoned to the uh, s- somewhere in the town. Roll a d13 again. Three again. Three. Uh, we're meeting at the uh, the police station. There we go. Uh, so you've been summoned there by the police because people keep spontaneously catching fire, which is fair enough that we probably need to have some kind of chat about this. Um, mm-hmm. And so what happens is 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 the whole game is you you do 
you do actions um, and you've got this, this the action table which rolls on a it's a one to 13 and the higher you score the better you do but okay. if you hit 13 then you roll on the bad things table um, and you can do stuff like you can use your building skill uh, to help you or you can use your you've got a couple of luck points as well and they they boost your score up but that means they also boost your score towards 13 and then horrible, mm. crazy things happen. Um, so you're at, the, you're, at the, you're at the police station and a police officer says, sorry, have you been invited to this meeting? You can't come in. And so they've just, they closed the door. What do you do? If I need to get into that meeting, I guess I'm breaking into this meeting. So using my laboring skills, I'll pop open another door. Brilliant. Okay, so you're going to you're gonna try and kind of like just hammer. I mean, there's a spade leaning against the wall. Do you want to just try and smash a smash yeah, a we'll wall just with smash the spade? The door and smash Brilliant. the Brilliant. So let's have a thirteen. Well, that's a thirteen. So that's a thirteen. Brilliant. Okay, so it's an absolute success. But so you get an absolute success. But we also roll on the bad things table. So that's lovely. Um, so I think. You just like you, you get because you're a labourer, you know, particularly skilled. Um, so you just you whack the door once, just in. It's actually really quite precise. Like you, you think someone's just hammering a door with a spade. That doesn't sound like precise work, no. but you are an expert of your craft, and so you just yeah you, you, you hit it, and the the whole thing just crumples, falls off its hinge, and the door is just open. You actually like you look around and give a little. Little self-satisfied smile, but no one noticed. So that's just for you. Okay, let's roll a... You roll D13 three times. Okay, so that's 10, a 1, and another 10. Okay. Um, okay, so what you've rolled there is fever. Okay, so like fever is going to affect you in some way. And who it affects, it affects a part of you. Okay, so it only affects a bit of your body, not the whole body. Um, okay. And it causes an ironic death. Um, oh. So we... <laughs> which is a shame. Um, I think what would be quite ironic here is if in the purpose of trying to, you know, break in and find out, like, what, you know, what's going on, what's happening here, you really want to avoid getting, you know, succumbing to the same fate as everybody else in the town i feel yeah. like the fever the small part of you that's affected is your bloodstream Probably. Uh, so i yeah. feel I, I i feel like the kind of the hot so you, how do you feel now as your blood starts to turn into molten iron probably really bad i'm gonna say i feel really bad yeah you feel rough so you're probably gonna die in the next couple of like maybe the next scene like as in we'll, we'll work yeah. that out but so that gives you a taste of the game um, it's extremely <laughs> stupid. Um, I've had like I've had games of people using like using those little motability scooters to try and drop jump a, a chasm of fire. <laughs> I've had people try and drink an entire lake full of whiskey. Um, like lots and lots of extremely stupid things. And and it's it's one where just like so if your character died, well then you would just now be the policeman that you saw before or whatever like that. You know. Yeah. It's, um, and a horrible event happens every every thirteen minutes as well, which is obviously exciting. Um, oh, that's fun. It's it's definitely not a game that people will be like, oh yes, what are you doing? I'm working through the the eighth episode of my campaign in Lucky for None. Uh, yeah. But it is a game that you can play in a pub with no brain attached whatsoever. Yeah. So, um, and I have we've we had a few different people do um, uh, some. Well, what those things that when you make lots of money and then you throw it away on nonsense um, uh, with pledges on Kickstarter, like 
stretch goals. That's the one. Um, yeah, so so I, I I funded some people to write some extra tables. So there's a an alternate problem uh, table, which one of the things I'm quite uh, quite a fan of. There is, uh, so you roll twice to see what other village problem you can have. Mm-hmm. If you roll thirteen twice, the two the subject and the effect are goblins and goblins. So your town is affected <laughs> by double goblins. Uh, so yeah, pretty pretty fun. That's anyway, incredible. that's the game. It's a, you can you can you can buy it at beyondcataclysm.co.uk. Well, folks, you heard it here. From what I'm aware, the very first actual play of Lucky for None. <laughs> I think yeah, but you I think just it is. yeah, that'd probably be it. As far as I'm aware, though, you just brought up Beyond Cataclysm books. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and what you're doing with that? Because I think that's actually really cool and probably the most important overarching thing. Oh yeah, you think I should focus on like things that are useful and relevant and like stuff that that's good business. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, you should you should come on board as a businessman. Beyond Cataclysm Books is a micro publisher and distro. So we we publish we do small print run publishing things of things mostly printed things uh, and we also do distro as well. So if you go if you go on our site and go to so Beyond Cataclysm, obviously we chose a a word that's hard to spell so that you can't spell it and then can't find our site yeah you see business um beyond cataclysm.co.uk and go to the shop we've got about a hundred different role play games we've got some uh we've got some comics on there uh poetry we and we so we brought out a few different books uh so we've now brought out i think we brought two games out uh two two novels uh and a book about tour tour stories from the punk scene in the uk as well uh, called yeah. paper cuts i really like it there's like a lot of really cool stuff there um there's releases that's coming up there's like your shop and the idea of like a micro publisher too is just so like we hear about them and stuff but i think that yours is doing really well here i really like the look of it and everything's laid out there's a lot of fun stuff here like um i think acid death fantasy is yeah is there that game was all over the place on my feeds for a while and i just i was really into the look of that so just having that available and being a micro publisher you get you get a little bit you can be a little bit more niche and a little bit broad at the same time so i think that's really cool yeah i mean i think ultimately we're never going to be like you know, I think we could go up to we could go up to like something that had the kind of popularity that would make like ten thousand, twenty thousand, you know, pounds, dollars, something yeah. like that. That would be amazing. Beyond that, well, then beyond that, you start getting into different realms of tax and printing yeah. and distribution and stuff like that. And so that's fine. That can be someone else's problem. And, and if you've got a project that's that successful, then fantastic. That's mm-hmm. y- you want that to be handled by someone you know with some kind of business mind rather than just a moron like me. Um, but yeah, so but it isn't also it isn't just me. So uh, there's actually, I mean, at the moment working kind of semi full time, we've got uh, myself and we've got Dave. Uh, so Dave Emerson uh, runs a, a, a kind of a zine publisher called uh, uh, Visions Press. 
uh, and loads okay. of horrible, horrible hardcore bands that he's in as well. He'd be <laughs> very happy to, to bore you about some some boring hardcore. We've also got Josh, who helps us out on stalls, um, and uh, Catherine, my lovely wife, who is very good at putting things in envelopes without getting them wrong, which I'm not good at. So uh, it's a good combination <laughs> of skills there. Uh, we do have, we do have. Uh, we do have two podcasts as well. Um, which yes, yes, you do. I suspect listeners of your podcast like podcasts because you're listening to a podcast, 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 podcast. See, um, I've I think I've actually heard about at least one of these ones because there is um, what is role play. I think is the one that I'm more familiar with. Yeah, I mean, this book I read has only got one episode released, which That's is because I'm an idiot. I've recorded more than one, but I've only got around to releasing one because I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> But what is roleplay? We've got about seven of those going, um, ready to go. Obviously, we've, we've got four released at the moment. Um, what it is, it's a look at roleplay to people who haven't played roleplay before um, mm-hmm. or people who just want a bit of a fresh look at it. So we're, we're going through themes. So the first one is the basics. And we look at dice and just the concept of roleplay in general. And it's it's aimed at people who've never played D&D, never played anything like like anything, like zero yeah. idea whatsoever of what you're talking about when you say a role play game. And I only got into role play about like four or five years ago, maybe a little bit longer, but I had no prior experience and it was incredibly daunting. Um, yeah. And I'm someone who, as you can see, is quite creative and quite happy to, you know, do yeah. theatre of the mind. But the idea of what it meant to have like no framework at all or or it felt like no framework so we do that and then we go as we're going for each one so we've got i think we've got death and we've got life so like in the death episode we explore a few different systems and how they deal with death and then we we talk a little bit about the the concept of death and then each episode <laughs> ends with an actual play not not like massively about the concept of death that could be more than like a 40 yeah, minute episode uh, but like but as in like what why death is useful or interesting so for example in the game we the brief thing we just played of lucky for none it's comedically interesting that your character died after its first very action and it died ironically from the very thing it was trying to escape dying like if if the stakes hadn't been as high and you just got a sore finger it wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as funny um and so yeah so we discuss those kind of ideas uh so the next one's life um i can't remember what else is next um but we've that we we love that we think it's quite a quite a fun listen so yeah what is role play surviving something oh and then we've got two episodes about surviving a games con as well uh just as like if you're going and you want to kind of explore role play games um some ideas of how to do that so i like it i like it a lot i like the idea behind it there is a lot going on with it there is a lot of open doors that you're you've kind of set up with it how did the group of you get into starting cat- uh oh beyond gosh. cataclysm beyond cataclysm no, that's wow that's fine i mean i think you've really highlighted quite clearly <laughs> the fact that it's probably a bad name and i agree um but it actually comes from i think we've got a quote somewhere let's have a look about faq i think um it comes from a quote uh, from The Day of the Triffids, which is a classic sci-fi book. Oh, I know book. Day of the Triffids, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's a quote from it that goes like this, and it, I just think it fits. I'm a big John Wyndham fan. Um, okay. In this book I read, I talk about Day of the Triffids. It's the first episode. Um, but 
what I really like this quote, and I like it because it, it makes a nod to the like the current climate crisis and just humanity being disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, it must be, I thought, one of the race's most persistent and comforting hallucinations to trust that it can't happen here, that one's own time and place is beyond cataclysm. Uh, and we thought it's a good it's a good title for something that's got sci-fi vibes to it just generally something fictiony you know uh so we started that and and it's because there were a few of us so myself and sarah who started it with us she's so she's not really involved um at the moment she's had to she's moved into doing music production and things like that a bit uh but she was releasing a book about punk for the uk punk scene i was working on some other work and it, it just it seemed to make sense and it's it's mm-hmm. kind of continued from there, really. If you have a book that you've written, absolutely send us an email. Or you know, if, you, <laughs> if you're interested in, if you're interested in, we're a bit like you. You mentioned your roots a bit in the in the indie music scene. Yeah. So, listeners, it it's been a long time since I've had a musician on, but the idea for Schedule for Launch was originally to start highlighting a lot of indie indie artists in the music scene because I was talking to a lot of those people. I've, I grew up around music and that, that didn't happen. I got adopted by the tabletop role-playing game community. That's why most of the episodes are surrounding them instead of music and stuff. But I think I've had like two or three episodes with musicians and I, a couple authors, but, but yeah. It, but, so. but what, what, what you see a lot in the indie music scene is, um, is, is you see, uh, you see bands, you know, producing an album themselves and then teaming up with yep. a label on quite a kind of a low level. So maybe the the print costs are shared or, you know, the label only commits to actually having like like 50 of them and the artist takes 100 or something like that. And mm-hmm. that's the kind of vibe we go with. So we we uh, we just um, the most recent book that we brought out was Electrodermal by John Davidson. And so he. He, he'd written a novel and I, I kind of gave some some tips on it and helped him kind of get it printed. Uh, it's got some it comes with some awesome postcards uh, from a South American uh, artist called Law Tissot, I think Tissette. Um, and uh, but yeah, so John, you know, John did a Kickstarter, got that printed. And then and then, you know, we took some copies and he's got some copies. And it, so it's a partnership rather than you're not signing up with a major label and having everything taken care of but you know yeah. we, we like helping cool people make cool things mm-hmm. inspire isles is with you guys too isn't it we've we've got it in the shop but um yeah we, we didn't we didn't publish that i think they i think okay. they're sort of self i think they're self-published as a, a similar thing you know they had an idea that was successful and so that you know they had 20 grand to print it um we yeah they they they're really lovely guys. I got chatting to them at a GameCon recently. Um, I think they're putting together another expansion book for Inspire yeah, Wild, yeah. which I was Over totally. I, I think I gave them a copy of my uh, last book and was like, please let's just let me write something. You don't have to pay me anything. So uh, uh, yeah, we'll see if that goes. We had Rich on the the podcast like a year ago. Actually, I think it was right as Inspire Wild was going into Kickstarter. So. It was, it's been a little bit, but yeah, that, that one was really exciting, but it's like that, that's the kind of demographic that you're, you're helping push out in the shops and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think we, we, 
we're probably not a distro on that quite on that level with shops. We no. we are working on our relationship with. It's just those things. The problem is we just don't sell at the quantities yeah. that necessarily make sense for that. So we we mostly sell online, and then um, mostly sell online, and then we've got so we've got our web store, and then we we sell at conventions as well. Um, what we will look into, and we're kind of in the pipeline on, is stuff that we print getting that into the shops and so if people come with us and they say actually we'd like you to be our one of the things that's really challenging is that print the postage is so expensive from america or from canada or from i mean i think japan's for some reason the most expensive but super because yeah because it's so expensive and because actually printing is not that expensive it can actually be more effective to do a small scale print run in the uk of like 50 rather than posting 50 over um Mm -hmm. so if if any if any TTRPG uh, writers or creators are thinking, well, I'd, I'd like there to be some copies in England, but I only need 10 over there and it's going to cost me 50 quid to post it. Drop us an email. We might be able to print it for a quid a copy and give you a couple of quid and then we can sell it. And, and then you're present over here. And anyway, but also it's yeah. more environmentally friendly doing that. That's the yes, that's other vibe with it. Yeah, and it's not like you guys are setting out to be the next Waterstones or anything like that. You're just... I think Waterstones has a name that you can spell and remember, which is helpful. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Chris, we've been going for almost 50 minutes now, so I got two more questions for you just to start wrapping this up. And I ask these on the end of every episode, but the first one is, what advice can you give to creators who want to make their own game, but they don't really know where to start? Well, it is a tough one. I mean, I think TTRPG, more than anything else, sort of likes you to have all of the skills under your belt. So mm-hmm. like graphic design and layout and writing and editing and promotion. I would say I would aim small. I would aim to produce some. Don't aim to produce a big old hardback book. Um because also, no one's going to read it and play it either, you know? Lucky for nuns, yeah. 12 pages or something. And someone might pick that up and play that. Probably they won't. Probably they'll just throw it in the bin. And that would be the wise decision. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I'd, I'd aim small. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd go and get some free art off the internet from, um, like, public domain kind of websites. Um, yeah. And I would go with a simple kind of bold approach. Choose a nice typeface typefaces are cool fonts are fun um but like you know something like that that stands out and then just have that on its own and then i Mm -hmm. would dump it on kickstarter or on itch and i would absolutely have the mentality if this makes five pounds brilliant i've uh i mean what i would say you need to make it make more than five pounds because i did set the initial aim for the kickstarter uh for uh operation santa to be an aim of it needed one pound to fund uh, oh. with the idea that then if it made so uh, if it was at one pound now it's at 91 pounds okay so it would be at 910 percent already <laughs> like, uh, or more than that no i think it would have been at nine thousand percent i don't know whatever yeah. um Something like that. but uh yeah exactly um but set it really low and then, you know, and then a year from now, if you're making 500 quid or a thousand pounds each time you do one, fantastic. Then you can be like, OK, I need to I need to spend some more money on. But but if I look at Lucky for None, I did that entirely in-house. I didn't get any anyone to help. I didn't get any help on the art or anything like that. And 
Whereas Tyrannosaur inside, I probably didn't really make a profit because uh, I, I, I had someone to help me do the D&D tables and then I paid for some contributors and paid for an editor. Um, yeah. And yeah, and and like, and that was I don't re- I don't regret that. I think I've made a really cool. It's a better game than Lucky for None. It's a proper project. It's but, super fun. But yeah, but it's but yeah, if you're if you're aiming to don't aim to make money, really is is, is what I would say. <laughs> I would say if you set out with the aim, there's a there's a there's a uh, to get all theological. There's a uh, I'm uh, there's a there's a theologian called Dietrich Bonhoeffer um, who said this thing about community, and he said uh, if you set out to uh, if you set out to make community, your community will fail. If you set out to love your neighbour, your community will succeed. Um, and in the same way, if you set out to make money, I just think you're like you're just not going to make money and you're not going to have fun. If you set out to make something silly that, or it doesn't have to be silly. It's maybe it's possible to make a role play game that isn't silly, but I've not encountered mm-hmm. that yet. Um, but if you set out to just make something that is good that you like, and doesn't have to be amazing, but it's just something you can go, Oh, that's nice. Then, then your aim of doing that will probably succeed. And then if it makes some money down the road, fantastic. Um, but yeah, I just think if you, if you're trying to make a career in this, I'm I'm moderately successful in some small way and I have no confidence that I'll be able to make a career out of this. And I'm running a publishing thing and a distro and still it's probably just a pipe dream and that's fine. Um, I think, uh, yeah, one needs to have, be a, have a bit of realism sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. It's great advice too. A lot of creators have come on in the past and said like, don't worry about trying to make your fantasy heartbreak. More or less, just like, get something out there and get practicing. And I think that definitely falls into the same realm. Chris, where can people find out more about you, Operation Santa, Lucky for None, Tyrannosaur Inside, all that great stuff that you're doing? Um, yeah, so Beyond Cataclysm, you can find at beyondcataclysm.co.uk. Um, and it's on every social media, well, the, it's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at yep. Beyond Cataclysm, uh, and I am at CM Lowry Author on all of those platforms as well. Um, obviously, with the dumpster fire that is Twitter, um, people are going to other places. I haven't joined them yet because life's too short. Uh, but uh, yes, <laughs> you can find me on all of those places. I love getting messages. Uh, I love getting emails. Um, Operation Santa. If you're going to do one thing, obviously we'll throw money at me because I, I quite like money. It's it's good for you can burn it to stay warm. Um, but uh, if you go to Kickstarter and type in Operation Santa, it might come up, even though I spelt it in a weird way to be annoying. Um, you can also chuck, j- jump on my uh, on my Twitter at cm lowry author or at beyond cataclysm, and I'm fairly confident it will be the link on there. Um, it's not the link on there now, which it should be, because that would be good promotion. Uh, but it will be by the time this gets published, probably. <laughs> As always, audience, those links are going to be down in the description below. So you don't even need to go to those Twitter faces and that stuff. You can go and back it right from the description or go and follow Chris at that link there. Chris, I just want to thank you for coming on and chatting with me again this has been hilarious i've had a great time learning about your work and playing a game with you i didn't expect that today but that was fun (laughs) 
Um, I, I'll, I would like to leave you all with a Christmas present. Um, obviously, your Christmas present to me is going to be backing uh, Operation Santa at the 50 quid level. So, you know, much appreciated. <laughs> my present to all of you is me and my kids wrote a very stupid Christmas EP uh, a few uh, a couple of years ago, um, which feel free to listen to on Bandcamp. I imagine the, the link will be there. It has a song about there. Grandma... It has a song about grandma getting run over by a reindeer. Um, but uh, my when we did it, my four-year-old didn't really understand that we weren't actually singing about grandma. Uh, and so oh. at the end of it, there's this really cute, there's this really cute bit where he's like, "Is is grandma okay?" And like my wife's like, "Yeah, she's fine." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be in the link down in the description below. Audience, thank you so much for listening. Chris, once again, thank you for joining me. Oh, thank thank you so much for the invite, and yes, thank you to everyone for listening. And like, support your like little your little podcast, you know. Like, share the thing is, like throwing money at them or whatever would be helpful. Have you got a Patreon? <laughs> I don't right now. I'm trying yeah. to. Set so up you a can't coffee. even throw money. All you can do, yeah, <laughs> is jump on every social media platform, spend two minutes, and just say, "I listened to this cool episode." Take the effort to chuck in the social media tags and just say, "Go on, people, listen." Like, it's very appreciated <laughs> by little indie creators, absolutely. It's absolutely true. Chris and Operation Santa, plus more project, are scheduled to launch very soon. Go support them on Kickstarter. Until next time, though, take care of yourselves. Have another wonderful night. I'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much to Chris for joining me on the show this week. Operation Santa is currently fully funded, but if you want this over-the-top holiday game for yourself, you should go and back it right now. I know Chris said not to, but screw what he thinks. Support this ridiculous game, even if it's just to spite him. Check out that link in the description below. And thank you for listening, audience. As you may be able to hear, I'm once again getting sick. But that's fine, because we have some more projects coming down the woodwork, and I'm really excited to share them with you. With the holidays coming up, there may be a lack of episodes because... Uh, holidays but i'm working on it i'm gonna make sure that i'm a little bit more organized for next year so please be patient and we're gonna get some really cool stuff out there in the near future especially with zine quest coming up once again if you like what you heard and you want to hear more please share us with a friend or just use that word of mouth it's the only way we grow around here I'm also going to be showing up on a couple of other places around the internet in the near future, but I don't have all the details for that yet. I'll let you know when I find out more, though. That's all from me. Take care of yourselves. I'll chat with you real soon. Bye.